0: Hello everyone, I'm Steve the Limey, and I'm Blake the Yank, and together
1: we are The Limey and and the Yank, a Rock Talk podcast that takes on the great debate. From the UK to the USA, who really knows how to rock? We're here to battle on who has the best
0: artists, musicians, and of course, it's from England. Debatable. Let the battle begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Limey and the Yank Show. And it's great to have you back. We are going to do a special tribute show to Tom Petty and the Traveling Wilburys, which is a an American-English joint effort. Right, my friend?
1: That's right. We once talked about doing a show on supergroups because our fans have asked for that. Our listeners have said... We'd love for you to do a show on supergroups. And if I could think of one supergroup that tops the bill, it would be the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, fantastic lineup. Tom
0: Petty, and um, God bless him. He passed on last year. Uh, born in 1950, Tom was. And he passed on uh, October 20th last year. All right, and then let's do the lineup. For the uh, Limey with um, the Traveling Wilburys, I have George Harrison, which needs no introduction. And just to give you an idea of this man's incredible talent, George, uh, let's do the uh, intro to My Sweet Lord.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, if you're not super George Harrison savvy and you weren't alive during the 1970s, don't worry about it because all you have to do is see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and this, this song shows up there as well. So George Harrison's My Sweet Lord. Let's go for it. i
0: Wow. I tell you what, you have got Bob Dylan. Yes. Well, Bob Dylan needs no introduction. And you know, you think about Tom and his individual style, and he, he does reflect Bob Dylan, but uniting with him was incredible.
1: Yeah, in but you were going to finish the the English lineup. Who else have we got from the other side of all the All um... right, all right. Jeff Lynn, ELO, which
0: is a master um, which I think he's probably one of the first artists that introduced like a, a, a live orchestra with him, you know? Absolutely incredible. Got those ladies playing the violins and the... Oh, it's just incredible. Let's yeah. play a little bit of uh, Jeff Lynne. Well, you know he's from Peaky Blinders country, which is Birmingham. That's Birmingham. That's awesome. It's funny, some, some of you Americans, you, you need subtitles to see that show actually on... Uh, YouTube. but Yeah, I thought, basically... I thought
1: that was Alabama. <laughs> Birmingham.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, Birmingham, Alabama. But uh, Jeff Lynn, uh, what, I mean, incredible lineup. He used to be in the group called The Move also. Um, but let's start off and I love it. It's the lady with the high voice. It's like the song doesn't end until the fat lady sings. <laughs> and it's uh, rock aria.
1: Rock aria?
0: Rockeria. Rockeria? Depends where you're from, mate. She's sweet, all right then. I think she's deaf for being over him. She loves the way Boutini lays down a tube.
1: A bird is always creeping from her room. That is great and you know part of the fun i think the reason jeff lynn was so big on the orchestra and could get away with that was that was the big thing with the prog rock of the late 60s early 1970s psychedelia emerged into something that needed to be talented classically trained musically valid and so you had stuff like rick wakeman getting an orchestra everybody was getting an orchestra and getting someone to play with that well we need a string accompaniment at the very least that's i'll settle for that okay
0: let's we're spotlighting the traveling wheelburys and so I think it's only like the, the first album actually came out in 1988. And one of the main songs, which uh, I absolutely love, is uh, End of the Line.
1: That is a wonderful song. And I, ha- I have to admit, that's, it's kind of sad that most of the Wilburys are gone now. We don't have George Harrison. And Roy Orbison died shortly after the production of this album. And rest in peace, Tom Petty. Okay, you're going next. Mr. Yank. So, yeah, well, we want to play a little bit from End of the Line, and I mention that only because End of the Line is a song about looking back, and when I was putting together my ideas for this episode and listening to that song, it was kind of sad to hear Tom Petty do that whole verse about maybe you'll think of me one of these days, maybe you'll think of me when somebody plays Purple Haze.
0: Purple Haze. But, you know, looking at supergroups and adding all the uh, factors together... You know, it's kind of like a football team. You can have all the stars, but they can be a real crummy football team. Yeah. No offense to our uh, our British or our English soccer team who hasn't won the World Cup since, I think, 1963. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, you can have all these, but it worked with them. All the individual characters, uh, you know, with Not To Steal Your Man, uh, Roy Orbison, you know Bob Dylan Tom George and of course Jeff Lynn
1: but yeah let's play a little bit of End of the Line for them so they can hear it that was the big hit and I think that was probably one of their favorite songs
0: alright let's play End of the Line I love it well, let's- Somewhere down the road when somebody plays at the end of the line. Purple haze. Well, it's all
1: right. Yeah, I spotlighted Tom Petty's part in that song, but one of the fun things about the Traveling Wilburys as a super group is that they took turns singing, and a lot of times they'd have a song idea and they'd all get in the booth and then they just take turns singing different bits to see who sounds best with what. And after that, they would go ahead and and put it together. In fact, uh, it seems a little lopsided that we've got three Americans and two English people, but you have to count in one more English person who was involved, and that would be Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. It was Dave's Los Angeles home, which has a recording studio in it, that he let the Wilburys use. And so he was involved in that early stage. They spent ten days in Dave Stewart's house... Just recording, trying stuff, experimenting, coming up with ideas, rewriting, revising. And when they got done recording in L.A., another example of going right across both sides of the pond, they flew to London and actually produced the album in George Harrison's London studio. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's pretty amazing.
0: Yep. How they all got together and formed. Like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, bringing back Tom. They were formed in,
1: uh, believe it or not, 1976. It's amazing because a lot of people know the 80s Tom Petty because that was huge. And yet Petty did great stuff in the 70s, blew it out in the 80s, just all over the charts. And then in the 90s, he's coming back again and he's got not only his greatest hits album, but then he puts out Wildflowers and She's the One, these fantastic albums. And then we go into the 2000s and he's doing The Last DJ. Oh yeah, it was amazing.
0: He started off with very humble beginnings, Tom. Yeah, He was born in uh, Gainesville, Florida, which is our home state where yep. we, we live, of course, and uh, which is the uh, home of the uh, Fighting Gators uh, University of Florida, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and became, he got the keys to the city too. He does so great. So he was like the their, their wonderful all-time uh, great rock and roll artist that came from
1: there. Florida. He had a little bit of a difficult upbringing in that his father, he had a difficult relationship because his father couldn't understand someone who was more into the arts and the creative side. But the interesting thing about Tom Petty is what built, according, I'm taking my facts from Wikipedia, so, uh, but I did go ahead and read the wiki real quick, and it said that um, he got his inspiration to get into music at the age of 10 when his uncle was working on the set of an Elvis film And Petty got to meet Elvis. The king. That's right. What an impression that had to make on a young boy who likes music. And suddenly here he is with the king of rock and roll watching him make a movie. I can't even imagine. Yeah.
0: Um, How about if we play some of uh, Tom Petty uh, and the Heartbreakers? If you don't mind me jumping in, Mr. Yank. Learning to Fly. That was one of my favorites. I'm sure the audience... Loves it too. That let's, is a good one, yeah. Let's have a little bit of learning to fly. I'm learning to fly. Put you right up there on the clouds, Photon. Here we go. Float away.
1: That was really fun. And so if we come a little full circle and back to the Jeff Lynn stuff, one of the fun parts about The Last DJ was Tom Petty brought in an orchestra. He had a whole bunch of musicians sitting there playing with him. So we're right back to those same roots. And yet here it is decades later. I would like to take a moment and play a song from The Last DJ. So coming full circle, we have Tom Petty in his later years with The Last DJ. And you talked about Jeff Lynn using an orchestra and... And Tom Petty did the same thing on that particular album. It's like he pulled out all the stops and really probably worked the hardest on that album with its elaborateness. For example, the song Money Becomes King has an orchestra backing it. Let's play a little bit of that. It's one of those, um, one of the several tracks on the album that attempts to skewer the music industry. The song was my salvation, it was only. that's pretty pretty elaborate isn't it
0: nice yeah i never knew he brought the orchestra into it and to be honest that's a new one on me i i I thought i've heard all of tom's songs and uh i haven't but getting back to the english if you don't mind i suppose we're talking a lot a bit too much about these american dudes you know you haven't mentioned bob dylan not yet.
1: I'm getting to him. Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. I,
0: I'm just saying he's...
1: Actually, amazing. the thing about the thing about the whole Traveling Wilburys that made such an amazing supergroup is Jeff Lynn is a master at production. And George Harrison is a master innovator, also really good at producing stuff. All of these guys have taken a hand at the production wheel, so they all know how to put an album together. But they're also really musicians at their heart and their core. And so Bob Dylan, everybody had an important role in the band. And Bob Dylan's role was the songwriter. He was the writer who refined and polished up all the lyrics the band came up with together. And the best example of that is the song Tweeter and the Monkey Man. There's this amazing story about that where Dylan got in the booth and he did a take and sang it once. And then he scribbled out some changes to the lyrics and rewrote it. And on the second take, he was done. And all the rest of the band listened to that and they were like, wow, he polished up our lyrics and made it better. And then he just knocked it out right then. Wow, can we hear that one? Yeah, it's the thing about, I want to mention this, because Tweeter and the Monkey Man is one of those songs that's a story, and that's a Bob Dylan staple, is I'll tell a story about people. So this song, Tweeter and the Monkey Man, there's a long story to it, and we're only going to play you a bit. But you get the idea. He's written out a a really interesting tale, almost in prose. Here we go.
0: They crashed into paradise. They could hear them tires squeal. The devil cop pulled up and said, "Everyone, is a liar. If you don't surrender now, it's gonna go down to the wire." I love it, man. What a great song that was.
1: Yeah. That was a great pick, buddy. That closes out the first album, and while we're on that topic, the Traveling Wilburys had two albums, but here's the fun part. If you go looking, there is no volume two. There's volume one, and there's volume three. And then, if you go looking for bootlegs, there were a bunch of bootleggers after the first album that made their own album they called Volume Two, And that's why the band deliberately decided to name their second album Three. It's a little bit of cynicism and a little bit of uh, just humor.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Well, talking about the Traveling Wilburys, um, as a team, you and me, and having our individual English, uh, or I should say British musicians and American musicians, I think we should get back and uh, play another Traveling Wilburys song. Um, You know, we've done End of the Line, uh, but I love Handle With
1: Care. Well, you said Get Back. Is that a Beatles reference? Well, it's part of it. George is in it. It's I see be. what you did there.
0: See, what you, <laughs> you, know, you know this, all you listeners out there. Handle With Care. I'm going to cut him off now and just go into it. This is a great song. You don't
1: have to. This one's sweet. Let's hear it.
0: Yeah, I do have to cut you off. I've been up and i Daycare centres and night schools Handle me with care Being stuck in our terrorised Sent to meetings, hypnotised Oh.
1: don't just remember that one I remember that the music video was all of them playing and an empty rocking chair with Orbison's guitar yeah because when they come out that was the prime time for MTV
0: and the videos which uh, which great because you could see them all together performing anytime you wanted you and know
1: Orbison died before they could film the video with him so that oh. was kind of their nod to him and it was it was it was sad but at the same time the sentiment behind doing that was just sweet.
0: Oh, talking about Roy Orbison, what an unbelievable performer. And like I said, the king of rock and roll, Elvis, always said that was his favorite singer of all times. He he loved Roy Orbison's voice. He really did. And in honor of Roy Orbison, not to jump in, Mr. Yank, uh, how
1: about Pretty Woman... Little bit of Pretty Woman? Sure, we can do that. Let's go for that. Here's Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. One thing about Roy Orbison in in the Traveling Wilburys context is his voice is big. It really stands out. It's it's often been called operatic because it's got this loud, booming tone, and yet he was a very shy and insecure individual. He He was not comfortable on stage, but his voice, when he let it go, it would just absolutely blast out to the rafters and be magical. So it was really nice to hear him. And I think the fact that all of these people are really accomplished musicians, let them figure out how to moderate. They had to work around the fact that they all had good voices, but his was the big voice. Big voice, but the quiet, shy type. Not unlike
0: uh, Mr. George Harrison, too, which was known as the quiet Beatle. Yeah. Right? But he wasn't quiet with this song. I'm going to put in and jump in with a little bit. I've got my mind set on you. (laughs) Good choice. Let's play it. And this time I know it's real. The feeling that I feel. I know if I've got my mind. looked that i remember the video with the girl playing on the the game how could Mm -hmm. you not she was
1: cute oh sorry the other thing about that though that's perfect because that was off of the album cloud nine and that was the same time period and it was during that production that harrison got the idea let's go ahead and pull this together and do the traveling wilburys so nice segue there
0: oh yeah (laughs) and uh you know obviously the spotlight's on mr tom petty and uh you know we just did our show Uh, the music that makes the movies and this is another piece of music which definitely made this movie. You know who I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Father Beans, you know. Silence of the Lambs and I don't know when I hear this song I think of that weird dude in his van and he's got the plaster as we say around his arm because he's got a broken arm but he's using it as a weapon. And that poor... But talk about a fantastic song which he couldn't replace. The All-American Girl. Mm -hmm. And you know the song, American Girl. And you know which one I'm talking about out there because everybody knows it. And he pulls over and that poor young girl is there saying, can you help me with this couch to get it up? But as she's moving along and she's in a van and she's singing this. Doesn't that take you back to the movie? You feel like saying
1: to a watch out for the lunatic that's going to get you, you know? It's creepy. You know, and it's funny because both Orbison and Petty, they've had their music used in movies in creepy ways. And sometimes they're not as comfortable with it. But Orbison's another example. Later on, they're like, you know, I like what they did with that. It took a different direction, but it was interesting and it fit. So, yeah, I do love the song American Girl and, and taking it out of the movie for a moment. I like the the bit in the middle where, where the guitar is just kind of jangling along and then the bass line comes in and it's just rolling along is an American staple of rock and roll. That's just a thing that they do that I don't know where that musical pattern came from, but oh, it's kind of cool because you hear that in a lot of other rock and roll songs.
0: Oh, most definitely, yeah. Um, And, you know, Tom, he he did a a lot of different songs. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of songs, but he did record with other artists, too, and Mm -hmm. gave them hits. And uh, the one that comes to mind, which Tom Petty uh, joined up with, was uh, Stevie Nicks. Yep. And Stevie Nicks, uh, she said um, in an interview I heard, she said if it wasn't for Tom Petty, uh, she could never have made a, a comeback as a solo artist. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the song. Have a listen to it.
1: Dragging my heart around. Yes. <laughs>
0: Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And she said that was a big combat song, mm-hmm. right there. If it wasn't for that song and uh, Tom Petty uh, doing it with her, she uh, she may have been a husband. But of course, uh, Stevie Nicks is a legend.
1: Well, there's more. There's more Fleetwood Mac connections in and out of all the members of these bands because, of course, they were all over the place. For example, we mentioned Tom Petty's album, The Last DJ. The track the man who loves women he did that song with lindsey buckingham from fleetwood mac
0: i didn't know that yeah wow that's amazing
1: and that's another neat thing is if you ever listen to lindsey buckingham's solo stuff the production on it is absolutely amazing a good friend of mine introduced me to the lindsey buckingham solo album out of the cradle which has got all these really interesting sounds and i gotta say if you're a music guy if you're a music gal and you just love the sound of production go listen to the album Out of the Cradle because it's got, it's got, I don't know, there's this golden sound to it where it's almost immaculate the way he's produced it. And it's kind of neat. Incredible. Hey, kids, time to go
0: for now. Please join us next time for more exciting music, trivia, and fun on The The Limey Limey and 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 the the Yank Yank Podcast. Podcast.